Amen. So we're back in the day of Pentecost, where in the upper room, like I said, there were 120 men and women that were born into the family of God. And every, everything in that room had been prepared, I mean, I mean, with precision, divine precision, as a matter of fact. And the work of Jesus, his substitutionary work, was completed. The Old Testament saints, remember the Old Testament saints, they had been taken from paradise, and they've been placed in Jesus Christ now. They were in him. Glory to God. The blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb of God had been accepted in the throne room. Uh, in, the, uh, in the throne room. And Jesus sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Glory to God. If you think about this, if you make this, if you see the reality of this, you, you can't sit still. He just he did this for you and I individually. Hallelujah. God accepted Jesus' blood for you and me. Glory to God. Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. He entered into his rest. The Holy Spirit had left heaven. Anybody know where he went? To earth. The Holy Spirit came into earth to start his ministry. He came with a specific purpose. He came to earth to recreate men and women. My, how awesome that must have been. He came to recreate men and women. Glory to God. Amen. In regard to the birth of the body of Christ, certain things that we're going to have to point out. First, there was no faith demanded. All right? When they were sent to this, um, when they were sent to the upper room, no faith was demanded. They weren't told that they had to repent. They weren't aware of what was going to take place. Because why? Up to that point, no one had ever been born again. They didn't know that the first covenant had been fulfilled and laid aside and that that a new creation was, was to take its place. Glory to God. And the fact that circumcision had been displayed by the new birth, it was unknown to them. They didn't understand it. They only knew of one circumcision the one that they had under the law. But this wasn't a circumcision, a physical circumcision. It was a circumcision of the heart. Glory to God. And no one knew that the priesthood, they had no idea that the priesthood had stopped. It stopped functioning. And, and the offerings had stopped. In other words, those offerings would no longer be accepted by God. My God, thank you, Jesus. There was no need. There was no longer an earthly holy of holies. And the law of Moses the law of Moses has been set aside. A new covenant, a new priesthood, a new law had come into being. My God, can you all see this? Glory to God. The old was about to vanish away. The veil of the temple had been rent from top to bottom. There was nothing restricting us from entering into the presence of the Most High God. God had left the earthly holy holies for a new temple, a holy of holies in heaven, a new temple. Glory to God. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And these these 120 believers had no idea that they had inherited a new covenant and were to be initiated into it by, by being recreated. My God. We are initiated into the new covenant by being recreated. My God. 
I wouldn't want anybody to miss this tonight. I hope everybody. <laughs> I hope this is uh Does anybody have any questions before we go any further? No, no questions. Oh, glory to God. They had no idea. They hadn't awakened to the fact. Twenty people there. They were disciples of Jesus Christ, men and women. They were followers. Those they were, they were, they were the people that that have been following Jesus. Okay. It was just the followers. Yeah, they were believers. Yeah, they they were they were called disciples because they followed Jesus. Yes. And there was 120 of them that happened to be in that room that night. Amen. Men and women. Thank you, Lord. So they had they 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 hadn't even awakened to the fact. They they knew nothing that was going on at this point in time. They knew nothing to the fact that it was to be a spiritual circumcision instead of a physical one. They had no idea what it meant for the rent veil to be, uh, you know, they had no appreciation for the veil being rent. They didn't understand. They They couldn't understand, they couldn't comprehend the significance of the veil being torn or rent from top to bottom. They didn't even know what happened. They didn't know what took place on the cross and during the three days and the three nights when it was closed. All of that, they couldn't understand any of that. Nor did they have any inkling as to what happened during those 40 days that Jesus walked the earth. My, 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 my. They didn't know. They had no idea he had carried his blood into the heavenly holy of holies, and they didn't know that he that he was now the high priest. They had no idea. They had no idea that the Lord whom they loved was now seated at the right hand of majesty on high. Nobody, no one yet had appreciated that God had a family now instead of a nation. Under the old covenant, he had a nation. Under the new covenant, he gained a family. Mm. And we're in that family. Isn't this good? Mm -hmm. He gained a family through the new covenant. Glory to God. Glory to God. They couldn't appreciate the fact that they had a a father of love instead of instead of God. That now their God was their father who loved them. My goodness, the fellowship of herbs was replaced with the sweet fellowship to be enjoyed with the Father through Jesus Christ. My God, it was no longer natural things, it was supernatural things. The new life that they had in Christ Jesus. And at this point in time, they had no idea. It's hard to look back on that small group of people, 120 people considering believers, that's not a lot, but on those 120 men and women in the upper room, and think of them as, as Israelites with no concept of what or what had happened or what was taking place. They had no idea. You know, so many believers today don't really have any idea. So many are preaching from the pulpit. They're still, they have an idea, but they have no idea. They don't believe that, yeah, they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is for today. They don't believe he's necessary. The gifts of the Spirit. Amen. They don't believe it. We have to realize everything that happened in the upper room 
with the exception or aside from the recreation, was in the realm of the senses. And God had to operate both realms, all right? I mean, this was new. Everything connected to the first covenant had been in the, in the realm of the senses, the five senses in the natural realm. My, my, my. When the Spirit came, when the Holy Spirit came, what is it? what happened? They heard something. Mm-hmm. When the Spirit come, came, they heard that rushing as of a mighty wind. And they saw, yes, and they saw the tongues of fire. That's two. Acts chapter 2. Yes, you can go over there. We'll, we'll read it here in just a second. Go ahead. We'll go there, please. Go, please go. Are you there? And they, they, they had, they, uh, my God. My God. They heard each other speaking in tongues. They didn't know what had happened. This was, I'm telling you, this was strange to them. They, they weren't aware of the fact that they had suddenly been born into the family of God. Had no idea. No one knew that they were they were made new. They were new creation. They knew nothing about righteousness. They knew nothing about redemption. They had arrived, but they didn't know it. That's that's just like the Jews when they got to the promised land. Man, just think just a type in shadow. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Wow. My God, my God, my God. They had no idea what happened. They were not aware of the fact that they they were in the family of God. They were now reborn. They were born into the family of God. And no one knew they were they were new. They were new creatures. They knew nothing about righteousness. Nothing about redemption. They didn't know it. They had received eternal life. They had the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, but none of them knew what it was all about. They were filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Heavenly peace had filled their hearts. They had eternal life. And they were the righteousness of God. And they had a new joy that no other human being could ever possess before. They had something. These 120 had something that no other humans had ever experienced before. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of them could enter now into the Holy of Holies. They had no idea. Not one of them un- under, uh, not one of them was under condemnation. They had no idea. They had the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. They were ignorant of all these magnificent wonders. But they were having fun. They enjoyed themselves. Now we're going to look at a very critical moment. According to to Jesus and John the Baptist, they were to be immersed into the Holy Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 13. It explains what happened here. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. I'm sorry, chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 13. Give them a chance to get there. Is everybody there? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Go ahead, please. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. This is, this explains entirely what happened. For in one spirit were they baptized. Into one body, whether Jew or Greek, there was no more Jew, no more Greek. As far as the body of Christ is concerned, we are all one. We've all been baptized into one body. They on that night were baptized into one body. Didn't matter what they were. Whether bond or free, whether they were Jew or Greek, 
and they were all made to drink of the same spirit, of one spirit. The moment they were immersed into the spirit, they were born of the spirit. What brings us together? The fact that we are all born of the same spirit. Glory to God, brothers and sisters. We're all born of the same spirit. You see, let me tell you something. You cannot be born unless you come out of a womb. They came out of the womb of the spirit. He gave them birth in that upper room. And they received eternal life. You see, today when men and women receive eternal life, the Holy Spirit overshadows them as he did in that upper room. And he imparts to their spirit eternal life. He imparts to them the nature of God. It was the first time in human history that a man received the nature of God. Don't, do you know, believers, that you now have the nature of God? Man, this is shouting stuff here. Yes, yes, you do. Glory to God. We have the nature of God. It's true that Jesus receives eternal life before his resurrection, but, but he is not classed with us. He was the firstborn from the dead. Yes, he is. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Let's take a look at it. <clears throat> We're going to look at two verses of Scripture. The first one's going to be Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Then we'll go to Romans eight twenty-nine. Come on, reader. I'm going to have to fire my reader here. Colossians one eighteen. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He is the church? Huh? What does it say? He is the head of the church? He is the head of the body, the church. The what? The body, the church. No, what's the rest of that? Huh. Who is the who is the who is the beginning of what of the firstborn of the from church? The dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. It starts with him. He is right here. That means he is the alpha and the omega. The firstborn from the dead. I'm going to show you. All right. Well, I'm going to show you right now. I'm going to show you in a little while. Now look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Is anybody getting bored with these teachings? Mm-hmm. This is true. true. If you're get, getting bored, if it's putting you to sleep, we'll find something else to teach. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what the people oh. need. They mm-hmm. need this. Romans. We need this. Somebody, Paul, you say growth. I thought I heard Paul say growth or something like that. No, You're right. We, we need this to, I, I might have said they needed to grow. They need to hear this. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the way we're going to grow. That's the way this is going to become our, our, our reality. That's the way when we're confronted with things from the, from the natural life, we will approach it with, with force. Let's hit it in tongues. Yes. Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. <clears throat> he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. My God, we are the brethren. Jesus is the first born again person ever. He was born a little bit different than we get was because he was born before he resurrected. He was resurrected. He was born again. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
My God, my God, we have so much to celebrate. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, my All right. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is Lord. So he was the firstborn from the dead. I mean, a strange thing took place. It was a strange phenomenon took place. Tongues of fire rested on the heads of each one of those in that, uh, those 120 in that room. This signified that the message that they were going to bring to the world would be given with force, a relentless force. Stephen proved it. He proved it. They could only deal with Stephen by stoning him to death. God gave these new creation men a love nature. And his nature uh, that could stand in the face of death and hatred and the victor. Only with his nature can we do that. And that's what Stephen did when he got stoned. You see, this is a message that can't be extinguished by the adversary. Why? Because natural man is God-hungry. He is eternal life-hungry. This is what men have been searching for, desiring from the beginning of time. This is what Adam and Eve wanted from the beginning. Natural man is what? Natural man is God-hungry. He said something else. And I said, his, he is eternal life hungry. He may not know it, and he may not understand it himself, but when he hears the message, when he hears the word, when he hears the truth, it stirs him to the very, de- it stirs him right into the core of his being. You remember when you got the truth of the word about Jesus Christ? Yes. You remember when you jumped on board? You remember when you said yes? Mm-hmm. There was a fire burning in your belly. Yes, my God, my God. Ooh. Because you have finally found what you've been looking for. That so many mean. people are looking for the same. Yeah, and so many men are looking for the same thing. They're looking for this eternal life. They've been trying to find it, been trying to connect to it. So they would use every method that they knew how in their own strength. Alcohol. Drugs, sex, you name it. They're searching for something. Money. They're searching. Trying to get more, more. Trying to get there. Men, you know, it's so funny. People talk about the American dream. The American dream, somebody dreams up the American dream and said, if you do this, this, and this, you'll get this, this, and this. And then you'll have the American dream and you'll be good forever. <clears throat> the American dream is a counterfeit compared to what to what God had for us. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. We are not carnal. Mm-hmm. We are spiritual. And the only thing that will ever bring us to satisfaction is Jesus Christ. We are eternity hungry. We have been, from the time we came into this earth, eternity hungry. The new creation message is an answer to the heart cry of the universal man, of every man, all over the world. From centuries, decades, centuries, and centuries and centuries and centuries ago. I have a question. Yes, dear. So if we're born again believers, mm-hmm. but we're still searching. If we're born again believers, we accepted Christ, mm-hmm. but we're still searching for something, some other satisfaction of some sort. That simply means that we haven't come to the realization of who we are 
as believers or be- what we have as believers or because what, that mean? what that means is that because we we're still trying to help ourselves get to where only God can take us we're never going to receive anything from God by searching natural things so we're not aware of who we are in Christ or we, what we yeah and that's the reason we're here tonight so that we become aware of who we are in Christ Jesus and understand that he is our complete and total supply for everything. We're not to look to the world for anything. We go to God and he influences what we need in the the world. You know, do you know another definition for grace is a divine influence on the heart, a God influence on the heart, a divine influence on the heart, man, oh, man, oh, man. Whew. Is anybody getting this tonight? Or you, if you're totally confused, just stop me. Amen. So we don't see the world the way most people see the world. We just don't see the world that We have. We have been... You know, there have been believers that have been looking. You know, if, if we ever, Jesus, we, Jesus, the scripture tells us, if we could connect to this, that the just shall live by faith. That the just shall live by faith. What does that mean? We are the righteous. We've been made righteous. And we should, everything that we need, we should look to Abba. Mm-hmm. Abba Father, meaning our source, our God. Our source, our Father. Our source, our full supply, our God. Amen? Amen. Yes, indeed, he's the one to look to, I tell you. Amen. Because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. Say that again. Glory be to God. You know, it's so funny when Jesus said in Matthew 6, when they were worried about natural things, he said, don't be concerned about natural things. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his yes. righteousness. Who was his righteousness? We are. Jesus, Jesus was his righteousness at that point. Right. I'm right. Yeah, we, Jesus is. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you understand what you're saying. You're on the right track, right. But and, and even in today, we're the righteous. Oh, oh my God. See, y'all have got me off track now. I got to go there. I'm going to show you something. Hallelujah. I got to tell you something. That prayer that we looked at during the Bible study yesterday. I want you to go over. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the ability of the righteous. Go to 1 John John chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. Even if we get sidetracked tonight, that's okay. I'm going to show you something because I know you all are appreciate this. I First John chapter five. We're going to look at verses fourteen and fifteen. I'm going to show you. We're going to see here what God says to the righteous. Y'all ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to, never mind. I'm going to start at verse 13. I'm going to read 13, 14, and 15. Oh, never mind. I'm going to start at, oh, man. I'm going to start at verse, I'm going to start at verse 10. You ready? Yes, ready. He that, he that believeth on the Son of God have the witness in himself. Listen to me. Y'all remember when I told you that when you, in your spirit, 
your spirit is recreated and full of the life and nature of God. The word is in your spirit. The truth, the reality of God's word is in your spirit. Remember that? Oh, yes. Verse 10 says, He that believeth on the Son has the witness in himself. You got the witness in yourself. And he that believes not have made him a liar because he believed not the record that God of his said of uh, 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 that God gave of his son. That means he's talking about the saved here, believers, you and me, the righteous, the upright, the just, the justified, and then those that are lost. Watch this. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal what? Life. And this life is where? Is in his son. Verse 12. He that have the son has life. He that have not the son have not life. Now watch this. Oh my God. Look at this next verse. Grab it because he's talking to you. These things have I written unto you that believe. On what? On the name of the Son of God, that you may know in your heart, that you may know that you may, I mean, that you have eternal life. That means you're righteous. And that you may be believe on the name of the Son of God. Listen, what that's saying is, is that you you. It, just, it, it already said that you are a believer, but it says that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What, what does that mean? On the power of God, on the ability of God, on the word of God, on, on, the, on, the, on his promises, on the ability of God to back his word. That's what he's saying here. And look at verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You can actually read it like this. You can interpret it like this. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his word, his righteousness, our righteousness, who we become, if we ask anything according to what he says in his word about who we are and what we have and what is ours and all of his promises, if we ask according to those things in faith, if we ask, you see right here, he's already saying he's recognizing us as those who are in faith. If we ask anything according to his word or his will, his, which is his word, what does it say? It says he hears us. Why? Because he's talking to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And here we seek his, what his will confirms, what his word confirms. Over there, when Jesus said that, he was talking to the unsaved. And he says, don't worry about it, because once you seek the righteousness of God, once you receive the righteousness of God, once you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, all these things are going to be added unto you. But here, he's talking to those who these things have already been added unto. He's talking to United. Am I making this clear? Yes, quite clear. The word is true. Mm-hmm. And so, and so he's talking to us, and he says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. I mean, yes. we have total confidence that he supplies all of our needs according to his word. That he supplies our health, he supplies our righteousness, and our redemption, our sanctification. We need wisdom. We ask according to to what he's already given us to his will. Everything is a yes and it's an amen. Watch this. 
And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that, that we have the petition that we desired of him. In other words, we know what we have, what we desired. We know what we're plucked off the tree of blessing. We know that we have it because we ask according to what he has already given us, to what he has declared to be ours, to only that which is good for us and good to us. Amen? Boy, I'm telling you, that's powerful. I don't know if you saw it the way I saw it, but that's powerful. Yes. So when you, when you said that earlier, Vicky, when you said righteous, when you said, when I said, who's the righteousness? And you said right. God. You, I mean, you said us. You were right. Made the right. We are the righteousness of God. And so we, you were right. So we ask the way Jesus asked. And we expect the way Jesus expects. Yes. To seek ye first. First things first. Yeah, and he was talking he was talking to unregenerated men back then. But everything that he was saying was things that were gonna come to pass. But what he's saying to us is things that's already been done. Already done. Oh my God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's go back. Let's go back to the upper room. I like it in there. How about y'all? Yeah, just hang out there. Amen. My 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 my. God imparted so many things to them in the upper room. They had no idea. Amen. My, 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 my. The enemy couldn't do anything with them unless he could deceive them. Nothing. This message, this new creation message is the answer to, like I said earlier, to the heart cry of men, of of universal man. There were four, four events, four mighty events that took place in that upper room. If you're writing, write this down. The first was that they were recreated. They were recreated. That was the first. The second, tongues of fire rested upon each one of them, all 120. And third, the Holy Spirit entered them. The Holy Spirit entered them, entered their bodies. And fourth, they spoke with other tongues. They were the first to receive the Holy Spirit like this, the very first. Under the first covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon man with special ministry. But he always left them again. They couldn't receive the Holy Spirit as his disciples had in the upper room because they weren't born again yet. They weren't born again. But they didn't have the possibility. His disciples were born again at this point. Therefore, the Holy Spirit could enter their bodies. And make his, listen to me, he made his permanent home in them. He made his permanent home in believers. His permanent home is in you and I. You know, we may not have realized it, but in the upper room, the thing that Jesus prophesied had taken place. 
God had left the Holy of Holies in the temple. And the the rent veil is a testimony of that. The Spirit entered a new temple in the upper room. It entered a temple not made with hands. Oh, yes. Go to to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. You there? Um, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. Whoa! What's that? Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. Well, well, what happened to the other temple? It's torn down. It's no good anymore. No. The veil was rent. Know ye not that you are the temple of God. Finish reading, please. And that the Holy and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. That the Spirit of God dwells in you. Not, not in a temple made by hand. That it dwells in you. The Spirit of God yes. dwells in you. Go ahead. Okay, please. Yes. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Which temple you are. Everybody say, I'm holy. I'm holy. Holy. I'm holy, I'm unique and uncommon. Yes, I'm holy. I'm holy, I'm unique and uncommon. I'm I'm the temple of the Most High God, of the Spirit of the Most High God. Isn't that amazing? Yes. How, How the collective body is called the temple and that we are individuals, individually called tabernacles. We're called tabernacles. The moment the Holy Spirit entered their bodies and took them over, they began to speak in tongues. Man, what a moment that had to be. What a moment that had to be. Whether or not they all spoke with tongues, we don't know. We, we, somebody is saying something? Yeah. Awesome. So whether or not, yes, yes. You know, but we do know that they all have received the Holy Spirit. Remember, the multitudes were gathered. They were gathered there from many nations. Yet each, they were from all these different nations, but everyone understood the message in their own language. Right. And Pastor, the How word, could that be? Oh, they all, they all spoke. With other tongues. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. That's right. They all spoke with other tongues. My, my, my. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. How could they say 2023 when the word of God is truth? Oh, my God. Yes. My, my. Thank you, Jesus. The love dream, this was, this was God's view, God's vision. It had come to pass that he could enter man and live in man. The ultimate purpose, let me tell you all this. Let me tell you this, let me tell you this right now. The purpose of God was to build himself in man. And here you see it happening now. This is what he desired from the beginning. This is what he wanted from Adam and Eve. When they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life, they made another choice. The purpose of the tree of life was that God would be able to live in them and build himself in them. 
But they chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which was, which was selfishness, which was, they became gods to their own self. They became dependent upon their own flesh, their own life. They became flesh controlled now, which means they would become subject to Satan because no flesh can overrule anything spiritual. That's why God had to put his spirit in us so we could gain back what Adam and Eve lost. That's right. Because now greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So now God is building himself in men. Hallelujah, man. I'm telling you something, folks. If you don't believe it, I'm telling you, this is the reality of the Word of God. Yes, it is. My, my, my. I can't. I can only imagine what must have happened. My Lord. The legal side of the plan of redemption had been finished. Now, the legal side. The blood of Jesus had established men as righteous. Jesus had legally purchased man. But now, but now, the vital side has been revealed in the upper room. The Father saw men and women receive eternal life and become sons and daughters. The work of Jesus as a substitute was a success. Then he saw the Holy Spirit give birth to men and women. And he saw them pass out of death and out of defeat, out of death into life, life, and out of defeat and into victory. So men that were once common men, ordinary men, they became overcomers. He saw the reign of righteousness where condemnation had once ruled. It was the beginning of a new creation, a new era, a new class of men, God's own species, God's own new species. Yes, thank you, Father. Yes, Father. It was the end of man being ruled by his five senses. Hallelujah. The Abrahamic covenant, everything that pertained to it, was now finished. It was the beginning of a new covenant in the spirit. The new covenant was to unite the spirit of man with the spirit of God. Men was to become one with God. Here's the spirit. Man would come to life. Amen. Man's spirit would come to life and God would indwell him. See, God could never indwell a man that that was dark, that had darkness. A new family had come into being, which consists of sons and daughters who were indwelt and taught of God. It was a it was a demonstration of what eternal life could do inside of a human. It was the outpouring of a new kind of love into the hearts of men. Men received in the upper room. The upper room was the beginning of the greatest reality that ever came to pass, that ever came to the human consciousness. Man received eternal life. Men were now indwelt by God himself. You don't want to miss this stuff. Amen. Man, when this becomes our reality, we're not going to walk the same. You know, I'm 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 70 years old in a few minutes. You know, and and I'm here to tell you something. I'm learning every day. Oh yes. Every day, because we have to continue as little children. Not immature children, but just take the posture of as little children to where our total dependency is on our Father. 
We should walk as mature because we walk in faith, trusting. Immovable trust in God. Unshakable faith. That's what mature believers do. Amen? Hallelujah. Who else do we have on the call tonight besides? I think it's just three of us on. Miss Dorothy is still there. Yeah. You got any questions? No, but I have a comment. Come on. You know, when you talk about um, becoming children, I think as parents and adults over the years, we don't realize what influences we do have on children. And about uh, (laughs) about a a while back, uh, one of my grandson twins, who who kind of is like my buddy, you know, he's uh, an unfiltered kid and kind of very hyperactive, but him and I have always gotten along well. And occasionally, you know, we have these little talks. He's very curious. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how it began, but I guess... Uh, a, a while ago, he, he was made a comment about um, not believing that I was a grandma, that I was too young and all this, and that I, you know, how we got on talking about illness, and and I said, for him not to worry that Jesus is taking care of me. <laughs> and we talked. Glory and to I God. can remember the conversation. But last week, uh-huh. my daughter messaged me. She has this condition every now and then. It just comes upon her for no reason at all. It's like this fluttering, I guess, in her heart or whatever, and it has this body reaction. Apparently, he saw this. He went over to her, laid his hands on her, silently prayed for about 10 seconds, and then shouted, stop it, and it stopped. Hallelujah! How he oh knew, my. how he knew that was it was. I was just, she was even shocked. Thank you, Jesus. That you know he absorbed that power. Oh my God! And Sister Dorothy, he has seen his grandmother doing what he did for how many years now? Probably his whole life. Well, you know, um, you remember the other twin that y'all prayed for when we, when he was badly burned and went into sepsia and, and um, they had to intubate him. Mm-hmm. You remember that? He was about, right. what, seven or eight years old then? Years old, and, uh-huh. And um, anyway, when he was about, I guess he must have been around five, he was in the car one night with my daughter, and he says to her, it will be nice when Jesus is king and God fills everyone's heart full of love for him so they can know him like I do. That was, that, that was when he was like five or six. Glory to God. My, 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 my. He's real to him. It was very real, yes. And and I and he he told us, if you'll recall, he came on the Bible study. He was staying with me. Um, yeah, remember he uh-huh. said, well, I, I heard, when he was in a, unconscious and all that, in a coma, uh-huh. he said he heard you all praying. Glory Praise God! I had the intercom on that night. We were having Bible uh, studies. You remember, and he, t- he said I heard them. Yes. Oh, my Lord. That's our Jesus. 
That's our Jesus. Oh, my goodness. But I don't think we understand how children understand a whole lot clearer more than sometimes we adults do. Yes, that's what I've been saying for years. They don't have all the junk. They don't have all the years of negative, negative, all that stuff. They don't have that. I have my grandson. I don't know if I told you all, he's six years old. We were up at the He had to go to the hospital because he was having trouble with his bowels. So when when he was a little boy, he used to come to church, and and my daughter was worried about him because she would he would come up and he would get up under my feet while I'm preaching, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to come get him. I said, leave him alone. I said, let him go. Let him sit. If he wants to, sometimes he would sit right under the pulpit under my feet. But he was hearing the word. So he hadn't been to church in, in a long, long time now. And when I went to the hospital, and I sat there, and I said, well, I said, I'm going to pray for you right now. And, and he looked at me. And I said, we're going to pray. And I prayed for him. And the nurse came in the room. He said, I'm fixed. <laughs> he kept telling you, you don't understand. I'm fixed. I'm healed, is what he was saying. And they kept wanting to do tests and all this stuff. I'm fixed. <laughs> oh, Brothers and sisters, we got to keep speaking this word, and we got it's got to come out of our mouth on every turn, with our children and our grandchildren, our generations, with other people. We need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the word of God. We need to preach the true and living gospel. Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes." To the Jew first to the Greek, for therein is righteousness revealed from face to face, the just shall live by faith. And Dorothy, you know, what you're saying is so true. We don't realize how these kids are paying close attention to everything that we say and do. Boy, that blessed my heart. I don't know about y'all. I know it blessed me when I when she messaged me about it. <laughs> My Lord, I want to ask you to share that again next week. I I know um I don't know where everybody is tonight, but um I know James and Debbie uh, James buried his father today, and uh, I actually got to officiate the service today, and um, so they had a lot of family company over tonight, so they couldn't they were going to be with us. Well, but man, let me tell you, God is powerful. Jesus is Lord. I'm here to tell you. So anyway, well, that's it for tonight. You got any questions or any comments? Um, when when you um. When you uh, were talking about the, the the things that happened, you're talking. You were talking about the 120. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Sometimes, in other words, I'm, my writing is slower sometimes than you're talking. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the 120 were in the upper room, and they were the ones that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoken tongues, those are the first born-again believers after Jesus. Amen? I don't know why I always had this image that it was multitudes of people. There were multitudes of people outside. Uh Oh, we'll go read it. She's going to read that chapter, too, so if y'all will hang out with us for a few more minutes. That's probably said, you didn't read the scripture. I'm getting yelled at now. Amen. What's this, what scripture, Pastor Brilliant? It's Acts 
Acts 2, uh, starting at verse 1, right, honey? Yeah. Or before that. That's it. Um, Acts 2.1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongue like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling, and there were dwelling Jerusalem, devout men out of the nation. Okay, what does it say? The one twenty. Is that before that? Okay. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak of his his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, and not all of these which speak Galatians, 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 And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. And then it lists them, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to see where the 120 is. It might be before that. Because I know it's here, Dorothy. <laughs> I, that's where I was confused. I guess when re, remembering that part, that it was just multitudes of people, I, I just Stay pictured in a like a wave of people. Well, not in, and not in the upper room. Those are the disciples that are in the upper room. But when they saw these miracles, things happening, it was... Uh, it was a multitude of people, several people from several different languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, was just, he was with eleven disciples. No. <laughs> well, in the, then in, there was. A, well, in mm-hmm. the verse above um, Acts, you know where where she started in in, in two one. The verse above says in 26, and they gave forth their lots, and the lot of fell uh, Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 13, and we'll read that. We'll read Acts chapter 1, verse 13. Oh, All right. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. You want to start at 13? I'll go down. Yeah. 15, it don't matter. Really. Okay. And in 15, it's Acts 1.15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, and it continues. Okay. And in verse 13, it says they went to the upper room. And it lists the apostles in 13, and it says, like, that's they were up there. They were praying and supplicating, you know, and praying and thanking God. And it then in 15, it gives the number, the number 120. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know much. why I never, that number never stuck in my head. <laughs> you got it now. I got it now. <laughs> Yes. Glory to God. Thank you all so much for being on tonight. Are you finished reading? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yes, that's all. Thank Sister you. Vicky or Paul, you all can pray us out tonight, one or the other, or both. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm still here. Okay. Okay. All right. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father God, we just come this evening, Lord God, to say we thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you. We appreciate you so much, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thought about it over 2,000 years ago, and you made preparation for us. You have made provision for us. 
Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the praise. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for your holy word that you sent us, oh God. Lord, stir the hearts of the people. Stir the hearts of the pulpits. Stir the hearts of the congregations, oh God. In the name of Jesus, this word has not passed away. Glory to God. You said heaven and earth will pass away before your word will. Glory be to God. Help them to receive this truth, Lord God. Oh, they're missing out on the best part of it all, my God. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way. Continue to use our Pastor Perlini, our Pastor Marlo. Continue to use them, O God, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we receive your word with gladness and thanksgiving and praise. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you all for being on tonight. Have a wonderful week. Sister Dorothy, you get ready to share that next week, okay? Amen, amen, amen. God bless. Love you. God bless. We love you all. Amen. Talk to you later, sister. Amen. Hey, Pastor. Yes, Ron. Have you ever seen the, it's like a TV ad that comes um, across the TV, and it'll 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 say he gets us, and then it's signed Jesus. I just saw that recently. Well, I went to the site, you know, because I think it's hegetsus.com, and I was right. reading it, you know, how it started, and apparently, um, m- most of the I guess investors in that. Um, are, you know, remain anonymous. But I do know, like,